Thank you for tuning in to the podcast of Central Bay Pentecostal Church. We hope you'll stay a while and be blessed by the word. For more information, visit cbpchurch.org. Go ahead and follow along with me. I'll begin in the fifth verse, Acts 12, verses 5. Peter, therefore, was kept in prison, but prayer was made without ceasing of the church unto God for him. And when Herod would have brought him forth, the same night Peter was sleeping between two soldiers, bound with two chains, and the keepers before uh, the door kept the prison. And behold, the angel of the Lord came upon him, and a light shined in the prison. And he smote Peter on the side, and raised him up, saying, Arise up quickly. And his chains fell off from his hands. And the angel said unto him, Gird thyself, and bind on thy sandals. And so he did. And he saith unto him, Cast thy garment about thee, and follow me. And he went out and followed him, and wist not that it was true which was done by the angel, but thought he saw a vision. Verses 10, When they were past the first and second ward, they came unto the iron gate that leadeth unto the city, which opened to them of his own accord. And they went out and passed on through one street, and forthwith the angel departed from him. And when Peter was come to himself, he said, Now I know of a surety that the Lord hath sent his angel, and hath delivered me out of the hand of Herod, and from all the expectation of the people of the Jews. Verses 12, And when he had considered the thing, he came to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose surname was Mark where many were gathered together praying. And as Peter knocked at the door of the gate, a damsel came to hearken named Rhoda. And when she knew Peter's voice, she opened not the gate for gladness, but ran in and told how Peter stood before the gate. And they said to her, Thou art mad. But she constantly affirmed that it was even so. Then said they, It is his angel. Verse 16, But Peter continued knocking. And when they had opened the door and saw him, they were astonished. I want to read verses 10 one more time. They said, They came into the, the gate which leadeth unto the city, which opened to them of his own accord. In verses 16, it says, But Peter continued knocking. This is the door to the house which people are gathered there praying for him. This is the final door between his incarceration and his liberation. Amen. And I would like to preach on the simple subject, teach or preach if you would, amen, on the simple topic of the miraculous and the mundane. Amen. The miraculous and the mundane. Let's put our Bibles down and let's ask the Lord to help us this morning. Thank you, Jesus, for your word. We know it is anointed. We know it is sharper than any other two-edged sword. I pray that you would touch my mind, that I can think your thoughts and God, touch the ears of the hearers that they may receive with meekness the engrafted word of God. If you love Jesus, why don't you shout amen? amen. 
Hallelujah. Go ahead and put your Bibles down and you can be seated in Jesus' name. Amen. We love miracles. We love the miraculous. We love the marvelous. We love the magnificent. Amen. We love the handiwork of God. We like when situations that are impossible, amen, all of a sudden become possible. Amen. We like to hear the sensational. We like to hear the spectacular. Amen. And if you've lived for God any period of time, you have experienced all of the above. The Bible tells us something very interesting about the incarceration or the imprisonment of Peter. The Bible tells us that in the, in the first verse of chapter number 12, that Herod the king had stretched forth his hands to vex certain of the church. And he killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. And because he saw it pleased the Jews. There will always be a population of the world who is pleased with the persecution of Christianity. And because he saw it pleased the Jews, he proceeded further to take Peter also. Then were the days of the unleavened bread. And when he had apprehended him, he put him in prison and delivered him to four quaternions of soldiers. I don't know about you, but quaternions is a big number. And if the devil's ever going to throw me in prison for serving Jesus, he better get four quaternions to guard my prison cell. Hallelujah. Amen. So I can have a bigger crowd to preach to. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Years ago, uh, there was a man by the name of Richard Wormbrand. He was persecuted, imprisoned, beaten. Literally, his flesh was ripped. This was somewhere, I think, in Poland or somewhere in, uh, in Europe. And he... Because of, because of his unrelenting and undying uh, faith in the word of God, he even preached to the, to, to the prison guards. I don't know about you, but if the devil really wants to mess with me, amen, I just hope that if he ever locks me up for the gospel's sake, uh, amen, they would, they would have put me in a maximum security prison. I will scream Acts 2.38 until I have no more voice. Amen. And so he says that they had four quaternions of soldiers who were delivered to keep him from escaping, intending after Easter to bring him forth to the people. Peter was therefore kept in prison. This is where I took my text. But prayer was made without ceasing of the church unto God for him. This is the beautiful thing about the scripture. The beautiful thing about the scripture is how well the Bible describes how bad the situation is. Of four quaternions, uh, I guarantee you, it's not a small group of soldiers. There's, a, there's four quaternions of soldiers who are keeping him. The Bible tells us, as we go throughout this story, if you could just bear with me for a few moments, let's count all of the barriers of security. It says in verses 6 that the same night Peter was sleeping between two soldiers bound with two chains, and the keepers before the door kept the prison. So he's in a cell, sleeping between two soldiers, bound with two chains. There's a door in front of him that is also guarded, not to discount the four quaternions who are guarding the prison itself. The Bible tells us that he goes out and he follows him in verses 9. And in verses 10 it says, they went past the first and the second ward. 
So you have two pr you have one prisoner between two soldiers bound with two chains with a door in front of him guarded. A prison is guarded by four quaternions. And there's at least two wards in this prison. In addition to that, there's a gate that leads to the city that is also locked. And this is the ancient version of a maximum security prison, all right? You're not getting out. You're not getting out, all right? There's no way Peter is going to get out of this situation. But with, but with absolute ease, the Bible says that the angel smites him on the side. He says, wake up, and the chains simply fall off. The chains simply, there was, there was no magic trick. The, the chains just fell off. Amen. The soldiers on either side of him are not awakened. Um, obviously, he gets through the door. He obviously gets to the first and the second ward. And this is just miracle after miracle. And finally, they finally get to the biggest, most in incredible obstacle they can face. And that is the gate to the city itself. All right. Now, the gate to the city is, is no small thing. All right? The gate to the city is open early, early before, before dawn and usually stays shut all night. And this is not this is not a roll-up door. Right? It's just not going to open very easily. And the Bible says that the gate it didn't just open. The Bible says that it opened of its own accord. Massive gates to the city just swung wide open, and Peter walked through. And as soon as soon as he goes into the city, the Bible says the angel departs. Peter's saying, "All right, this is real." He thought this entire thing was a vision. He thought it was a dream. And, you know, sometimes, sometimes we're so negative and we think good things are happening before our very eyes and we just think it's fate, you know what I mean? <laughs> God help us. Amen. Uh, but that's life. Amen. That's life. Amen. And so now Peter is saying, all right, God really did just do all of that. But now he has to navigate through one last final door. One last final door. And that is the most, probably the most familiar one to him. That is the, the most simple one. And the Bible says he goes to the door of the house which they were praying. And you know what? This door didn't unlock itself. Yeah. This door didn't swing open by itself. He didn't get to walk through this one. He had to knock on this one. Amen. He had to stand in, He just walked through the most unimaginable set of security barriers you could possibly have organized in the ancient known world. And now he's standing in front of a door that's probably no more than two and a half inches thick. I mean, no more than six feet tall. And he's knocking. He's knocking on this door. And the Bible says as they're praying, there's a young girl. She goes and she sees that it's Peter. But she's, she's so shocked at, at what is happening that she doesn't even open the door. She runs back and she tells everybody that Peter's outside. Now, mind you, they're praying for the release of Peter. And they're so caught up in their prayers that they actually don't even have time to stop and notice that God is answering their prayers. You know what I've learned in life? There are some people who love their problems because it gives them something to pray and talk about. Hallelujah. What happens when God solves that, that problem and answers that prayer? you got to go to that door. You have to receive it. Hallelujah. Amen. And so... Amen. I'm telling you, you know, everybody's got problems. Unsafe folk and safe folk. Hallelujah. Some of us are mighty saved. Amen. They, they read the scripture where it says that he is mighty to save. And they says, 
They probably thought it says that we should be mighty. Don't be mighty saved. Amen. If God answers a prayer, amen, stop complaining, receive the blessing, amen, open the door. But that's not my message. This is my message today. My message is somehow, uh, in many ways, in, in, throughout our walk with God, we are going to have to accustom ourselves to what I believe is the most interesting, the most interesting contradiction that you could ever imagine in your life. And that is that sometimes in life, that you will have to constantly cycle between the miraculous and the mundane. Amen. The, the, the spectacular, amen, and the simple. Amen. You're gonna have to you're gonna have to get used to seeing miraculous things happen on, on in, in, in one moment and the next moment you're just knocking. You're just knocking, waiting for someone to just open a door in your life. Uh, amen. I simply would like to preach to us and teach to us uh, that there are some areas of your life and that our lives uh, that God will do miracles, but there's other aspects of the same exact particular instance where God will ask us to do something very regular, very plain, amen, not, not, not amazing, not spectacular. Can I get an amen from somebody? Hallelujah. Amen. The Bible tells us about, about Naaman. He had leprosy. Leprosy was incurable. Leprosy is guaranteed going to take you out. All right? This disease is gone. It's pretty pretty ancient disease. And... The Bible tells us that Naaman receives a commandment, amen, to go dip in the Jordan River. Yeah. All right? God, God often works the miraculous and the mundane simultaneously. All right? And so some people think, well, he's probably, he, he, he could have said, I could, have, I could dip in any body of water. I could do that, I could do that anywhere. God, why couldn't you just heal me? But God is asking him to do something very plain, and then in the same in the same exact moment in which God is about to do a miracle, and then sometimes living for God is understanding that one moment you you may be amen, uh, you may be walking on water, and the next moment, amen, you may be crying out for help, amen. One moment, amen, you're you're walking in the miraculous, and the next moment you're locked outside of. Amen. Amen. Of, yeah. of the church house. Yes. Amen. Living for God is this is this is this unique is this unique juxtaposition in which God is willing to do things that are absolutely unimaginable. Amen. If we would just do the imaginable. Amen. God is willing to do the impossible if we are do, willing to do the possible. Amen. The angel could have walked him right up to the door, opened and said, Enter in. Amen. And, but this is but this is the beautiful thing. If a miracle is a gift, I and mean, every gift requires a little bit of unwrapping, can you say amen? amen? And the Bible says that even after Lazarus was raised up from the dead, I mean, he was still bound in his grave clothes. I and mean, God could have raised him up, amen, and he could have came out in a in a in an Armani suit from from the from the tomb. I mean, if God was powerful enough to raise him up. Amen. If God is powerful enough to do a miracle in your life, amen. God can do anything. Do you agree with me? Yes, absolutely. But God can do anything and everything. But the question is not can God do anything and everything, is will God do anything and everything? And the answer is no. And when God says, Peter, I'm going to open that city gate. I'm going to get you past the first ward, the second ward. I'm going to get you past the prison cell door. I'm going to take the chains off of your hands. But there's one last door that I need you to knock on. Amen. And we need to get into the revelation and begin to realize that some days are just going to be very normal days. 
Living for God, some days are just going to be real average. Hallelujah. Amen. Some days are just going to be, if I woke up, if I did what I was supposed to do, went to sleep, and there was nothing special about it. And the next day, amen, God can do a miracle in your life. And the next day, guess what? You can be back to the mundane. Amen. Too many of us are expecting, amen, a full-time miracle. Amen. Worker out of Jesus. And he don't do that. I'm sorry to break it to you. Amen. He doesn't do that. Amen. God is going to allow the miraculous and the mundane to mix in our lives. Life, amen. To keep us on the straight and narrow. Amen. God is not my magic wand. He's not my genie lamp. There's some days I'm going to have to put in the work. And there's some days I'm going to have to knock on doors. And not every door will open for me. Can I get an amen? And so God begins to work on us in this manner. And Naaman, he's thinking, well, how am I supposed to get? And he dips seven times in the river. And the Bible says God heals him. Amen. Jesus, he's about to feed the 5,000. And I'm telling you, he could have just fed the 5,000. He could have just fed them. But he said, bring me. What do you have to eat? And with God, this is the truth. A miracle is, is, not only, is not only something that God does. God wants us... God wants us to get in on the miraculous. Amen. But but our participation is not a miraculous participation. Amen. It's a simple participation. And Jesus says, what do you guys have to eat? And they said, see, Lord, here are two fish and five loaves. Amen. The mundane, the plain. This is this is somebody's sack lunch. I mean, this is a lunchable, if you would. And there's nothing special about the lunchable. But I'm telling you, there's something powerful about saying, you know what? If this is, this is plain, this is simple, I'm just going to go ahead and do it. Amen. I'm just going to go ahead and do what God is asking me to do. Amen. And let the, and let the miraculous part of this of this entire thing be left to God. Amen. And so the Bible the Bible is communicating a very very powerful message to us uh, by telling us the story of Peter's and. Uh, imprisonment and therefore his release. Uh, amen. And that God is trying to get us, uh, amen, to walk, uh, amen, in, 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 in two realms at once. You can't escape the flesh. You can't, there's just no way you can escape it, all right? If we could, we all would have. Uh, you know, um, the other day um, <laughs> um, I tweeted a pound, an ounce of discipline is better than a pound of. Motivation, you know, an ounce of discipline is better than a pound of motivation. And somebody says, well, doesn't motivation lead to discipline? I never responded, but this is what I thought. If every time we got motivated, it led to discipline, we would all be the richest, mm -hmm. most fit. Yeah. <laughs> How many times? <laughs> most talented, played every instrument. If every time we got motivated to do something, it led to discipline in our life, where would we be? But this is not the reality. The reality of the situation, amen, is that motivation comes and goes, and discipline, amen, is hard to get a hold of. Amen, and I believe that there's a reason that God has told His people to go and make disciples. And God has called His people to be disciples. Amen. Because we can get we can get used to, I'm telling you, there's all, I mean, if you just want to see a miracle every time you go to church, um, I don't know where you should go to church. Amen. Because there wasn't a miracle every time they got together with Jesus. There was sometimes, it was just, amen, it was just time to talk. It was just time to walk. It was just time to preach the gospel. Nothing miraculous was happening. Amen. But God was making everybody say disciples. 
God was making disciples in Jesus' name. And, and, there's, and there's a lost art of disciple making in our world today. And I'm telling you, God has ingrained, God has ingrained discipline into the miraculous. And the Bible says that Peter continued to knock. And then he just kept on knocking. And I'm telling you, no matter how many miracles you see in your lifetime, never stop knocking. I mean, no matter how many miracles. Amen. No matter, no matter how many absolutely mind-blowing things you see, that never gives you permission to stop doing the, the plain things, the regular things, loving your family, going to church, filling the car up with gas, teaching one more Bible study, going to church one more time. These are the plain things. But God uses these things and He inter interweaves them with the miraculous because God is not trying to make a... Amen. He's not trying to make a show out of church. He's trying to make disciples. He's trying to make disciples. The Bible says God has not given us the spirit of fear but of power, of love, and of a sound mind. There's another translation that says that God has given us the spirit of discipline. Amen. If God just gave us miracles for every last thing, we would just be absolutely goo goo gaga spoiled. We would be big baby Christians. Amen. <laughs> we would be big. We would be big juvenile Christians. Amen. And I'm here to simply talk about the miraculous and the mundane. What miracles have you seen in your life? Amen. And what miracles have you not seen because you have not been willing to simply do the most basic operation of the Christian? Amen. I'm telling you, sometimes miracles can boost your faith and sometimes they can boost your ego. Yes, come on. That's good. Sometimes miracles can boost your faith or they can boost your ego. Amen. The Bible tells us, amen, that Simon the sorcerer, he saw... He saw the disciples laying hands and people receiving the Holy Ghost. And he said, how might I also obtain this Holy Ghost that I might lay my hands that they might receive the Holy Ghost? And, and he tried to buy it. He tried to buy the Holy Ghost. You can't buy the Holy Ghost. Wow. Amen. So miracles, will, miracles will either boost your faith or boost your ego. And, and this is what Peter said to him. He says, thy money, thy money perish with thee. Mm. He says, you can die with your money, bro. <laughs> you can't buy this. You can't buy what I have. Amen. Amen. You've got to be a disciple to get this. Amen. Amen. You can't. There's. Amen. And so tell you, the miraculous will either make you have faith in yourself or it will boost your actual faith in God. Amen. This is what we have to do in this last day and age is we have to be temperate in all things is what the Bible says. Amen. And we have to get to the place where the miracles, amen, where the miracles don't take away from my ability to do the plain things. Amen. Amen. And to sometimes people see a miracle and they get all excited and all of a sudden they, they somehow they feel like God is going to take care of everything from now on. Mm -hmm. Amen. No. No, there's one more door that has to open, Peter. Amen. There's one more door and you have to knock on that door. Amen. Hallelujah. And so God is asking us, are you willing, are you willing to operate in the mundane as well as the miraculous? Because I'm telling you today, amen, living, living for God is not just a bed of roses. So, amen. You can, well, I, we, I can tell you about, I can tell you about Paul. The Bible says he goes to the, uh, he goes to an island that's full of barbarians, full of barbarians. All right. Now this is the man who has just been shipwrecked. He's, he's just been shipwrecked. And listen, if there's anybody who saw miracles, Paul saw a lot of miracles. 
And the Bible says that, guess what? He got shipwrecked and he was gathering firewood. Amen. You have to be able to know how to see miracles and, and make a fire. And make a fire. <laughs> you, you, have to, you have to know how to see God heal people. You have, to, you have to know how to see God provide financially. You have, you have to know how to see God heal bodies and, and fill people with the Holy Ghost. And you have to know how to make a fire. I'm not, I'm not talking about an actual fire. But what I'm saying is you need to be able to learn how to transfer and, and, and step out of the miraculous and go into the everyday. Amen. Seamlessly. Because God, because God works in the miraculous and the mundane. Amen. And so, and so Peter's locked up in prison. And, you know, had he been a juvenile, a juvenile Christian, he would have said, Lord, you opened up the city gate. Lord, you opened up the second and the, and the first ward. You, the chains fell off my hands. I pray, God, this door that is in front of me in the name, open up. <laughs> Amen. 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 No. Peter saw no less than half a dozen miracles. And when he got to the one final door, he just walked up to it and started knocking. Let me in. I'm here. I'm, I'm home. I'm, I finally made it. And I'm simply here to preach to somebody today that no matter how many miracles you see, amen, keep on doing the basics. Amen. When you when the miracles run dry, amen, go to church, read your Bible. No, there's, there'll be no lightning. There'll be no thunder. There's not going to be any flashes of, amen, of, of illumination. Amen. But when, you, when you've seen the miraculous, when you've seen God fill people and touch people and work in your life, and you don't know what's next, and then go ahead and go back to work, and then clock in your eight hours, and then go to church on Sunday, go to prayer, and then go to school, do do the normal things, is because God is trying to teach us how to walk, amen, seamlessly between the mundane and the miraculous, amen, I'm telling you here today that we're, we're living in the last days, but you know what, we still have a few more days to get through, amen, and I, I would like to be able to tell you that we're just going to have a hundred days of miracles. And uh, we're going to see all blind eyes open every service. Uh, amen. Money will rain from heaven. It's not going to happen that way. Amen. Hallelujah. All your problems will be solved. Uh, uh, just dip your finger in some holy water and we'll just go home. That's not going to happen. Amen. Because God works in the miraculous and the everyday. Amen. The Bible tells us about a man by the name of Elijah. Now you talk about a man who has seen the miraculous. Talk about a man who has seen God hold the rain. Talk about a man who has seen fire fall from heaven. Amen. Talk about a man. Could you imagine? I mean, would your life ever be the same if you saw fire fall from heaven? I mean, I don't know about you, but I would make t-shirts. I saw fire fall from heaven. Ask me about it. You know. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. I just my life would never be the same. Amen. There's some of us, the reason why we haven't seen some miracles is we couldn't even handle them. <laughs> There's some miracles we haven't seen because we wouldn't even be able to handle them. Right. Amen. You have to remember, God doesn't do miracles to just do miracles. God does miracles that He might receive the glory. Yeah. Amen. Okay. Amen. God just don't do miracles for no good reason. God does miracles that He might receive the glory. God is working on us. That's why God will ask us to do something very, very simple in the midst of our need for a miracle. Amen. That's why Jesus is about to heal a blind man, and he spits in his eyes. I mean, just to humble him, just a little bit. Hallelujah. Amen. 
because he could have ran off and said, I'm healed, I can see. Amen. But then they would say, how'd you get healed? Well, some guy spit in my eyes. <laughs> yeah. Amen. Sometimes it's not the sometimes it's not the miraculous and the mundane, it's the miraculous and the muddy. Praise God. Amen. Amen. He put clay, mud in his eyes. And I'm telling you, God will do this. Because I'm telling you, there's some miracles that are so powerful that even we can handle them. God could have just touched him, eyes open. I mean, problem solved. He could have walked away. Wow, thank you, Lord. Never to return again. Amen. The Bible says that Jesus healed how many lepers? Ten lepers. And how many came back? Amen. One leper came back. One leper. He, he healed them all. And he says, now I want you to go to the temple. I mean, he did a miracle, and then he asked them to do something very basic. Yeah. I mean, and sometimes, amen, that's not even enough. And I'm telling you here today, do not be afraid of the mundane and the miraculous. Some people think that if life is miraculous, amen, then... That it's, a, that it's a terrible thing if regular things start to happen again. And some people think that because there's too many regular, plain things going on, that God cannot do a miracle. And what I'm trying to simply communicate today is that God is going to put the miraculous and the plain in your life at the same time, at the same moment. Yeah. Amen. Hallelujah. Jesus manifested in the flesh. God manifested in the flesh. He was born in a manger. Amen. He was born in a barn. Amen. The miraculous. Uh, amen. In the muddy. Hallelujah. The miraculous in the miry. Yeah. Amen. The, amen. The, the glorious and uh, the basic. Uh, amen. And if you can learn, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. If you can learn how to just take the simple moments in your walk with God and understand that these are the these are the chain links in between the miraculous. Uh, amen. The basic moments where no one is watching, or it's just me and God. It's my devotion. Hallelujah. If you could just link those moments to to the powerful moments in your walk with God and not see them as two separate entities. Amen. Paul said, I prayed several times. He said, I prayed three times that the Lord would remove the thorn in my flesh. He said, I prayed that the Lord would remove the thorn in my flesh. And he said, guess what? He said, God said, my grace is sufficient for thee. Because I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to go ahead and miraculously... Because you know what? You'll get you'll get along just fine. Yeah. I don't I actually don't have to heal you. I don't have to take away the thorns in the flesh. Amen. 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 Woo. Amen. Amen. Paul, in one place, he talks about I once knew a man. He was speaking of himself. He was being humble. He said, who was caught up in the seventh to the seventh heaven. Amen. He was talking about the great visions that he had seen. He's talking about the great revelations that he had. And he prayed a simple prayer and asked God for a simple healing. And God said, no, you'll be okay. Amen. Amen. Whoa. Okay, God. Amen. But how many times? Amen. How many times if God would have just answered that prayer, would we have just said, oh, oh, thank you. See you later. Amen. You know, you know what the truth is? Amen. It's the discipline of serving Jesus that's really keeping us here. It's not the miracles. 
Amen. It's not the miracles that are keeping us here. You know what it is? Amen. It's the unique tension between the miraculous and the mundane. It's the unique tension, amen, between, amen, between the 5,000 people that he fed, amen, and asking someone for the lunch, amen, hallelujah, amen, it's the unique tension, amen, between the financial blessing in your life and having to work the job that God blessed you with, praise God, hallelujah, amen, it's the unique blessing of God, God could heal our health at any moment, at any given moment, but you know, God is also trying to make us disciplined and faithful people. Amen. God, God can drop a million dollars on anybody. I mean, somebody can call you from the state of Nebraska and say, uh, we have a million dollars for you. Uh, you know, somebody that, uh, whatever, I'm telling you, stuff like this happens. Yeah. Amen. But you know, it's the unique tension, amen, between praying for a financial blessing and, and, and go ahead and just, you know, I'm just going to, whatever God has given me, I'm just going to go ahead and walk in that. Amen. Hallelujah. The mundane and the miraculous. Peter, I preached about this last week. God was about to fill their boats with more fish than they could ever handle. This goes for evangelism. Amen. Can I just teach today? Hallelujah. This goes for evangelism. God could just send 50 people here right now. But could we handle 50? This room couldn't even handle 50 people. Amen. Um, I was uh, reading some material by Brother Jack Yacht. He was one of the biggest proponents of Bible studies. He, he helped uh, edit the Exploring God's Word Bible study, started churches all his life. At the age of 65, went to Chicago and started a church, and it got up to 300 before he passed away. All right? He knew Bible study. And this is what he said. He said, Who, what mother would just want 10 kids all at one time? Like, have 10 kids. Like, there was a lady who had the, what's it, how many kids? Eight kids? I mean, that's a lot of children. Yeah. And now, it's not that moms don't love kids. It's just that you, know, you can only take care of so many. I mean, if you have 10 at one time, I mean, it's like, you know. I, mean, I, I always feel bad for, for uh, you know, other animals. Because, like, dogs just have, like, 10 puppies at once. And you're just like, you just look at these poor dogs. You're just like, this is unbelievable. Anyway, but talk about humans, all right? How, how could, why would God bless us with a hundred soul revival if we could not sustain, if we could not sustain that? Mm-hmm. All right. There were so many baskets left over from the miracle of feeding the 5,000 that they had to take up extra baskets. How many extra baskets were there? How many disciples were there? Amen. God made sure the excess did not overwhelm the 12. Amen. God is going to do the miraculous. But guess what? Even the miraculous sometimes, amen, even the miraculous in your life is not above and beyond what you could handle. God can, you have to remember, God God spoke the world into existence. You have to remember that God is even going to tailor your miracles to your size. Amen. Amen. I mean, because if they're too big, you won't even give God the glory. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. So you have Simon the Sorcerer trying to buy the Holy Ghost. Amen. Thy money perish with thee. Amen. I'm telling you. But what we need to do is we need to be okay with the mundane. It's because the more and more adjusted we are to the simple things in the kingdom of God, believe it or not, the greater the miracles can be. Amen. And too many times we think it's simply a matter of faith. 
Amen. But the truth is, amen, uh, faith is faith is absolutely 100% connected to works. And James said, show me your faith. And he said, I will show you, I will show you my faith by my works. Amen. That's because your faith is directly linked to how well you are able to do the basic things. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm almost there. Bear with me. I know this is slow this morning. Amen. But I feel like teaching us um, that God is going to do some miracles. But we just need to be okay with one more day. One more step. Amen. One more song. Amen. One more Bible study. Amen. One more one more eight-hour shift. Amen. Be okay with the regular. Amen. Because intertwined into that, if you're faithful, amen, and if you are a disciple, amen, God will do miracles. Amen. And when the miracles happen, amen, it's okay that if the moment the miracle happens, you're back to the regular. Amen. Because this is the truth. Amen. It's going to be the regular, the regular, and the miraculous, and the regular, and the regular. Amen. I don't know anybody who's just... Amen. Eating manna every day for breakfast, pouring it in their milk, you know, open up the cereal box and just, oh, one more day. Amen. <laughs> Amen. It's not happening. Amen. In fact, in fact, the Bible tells us that the manna, if they kept it for longer than a day, it would rot. Amen. That miracle was only good for that day. They, they could not expect it to last Two days, three days, four days. If it happened that that the moment you got the manna and you opened up the package, amen. It's, there wasn't even a refrigerator immediately. I mean, it was just you ate it and that, that was it. Amen. You enjoyed the miracle and you didn't know if it was coming tomorrow. Yeah. You could not save it. Yeah. Amen. You couldn't put it in Tupperware. They didn't have dry ice freezers, nothing. Amen. Could you consume your miracle and not worry about if God will ever do another miracle in your life. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Could you serve God if he, if it was just basic from here on out? Yeah. Step by step. That's step by step. Step by Just living for God. Just praying. Yeah. Amen. Just loving God. Worshiping Him. Now, I'm not saying He'll never do another miracle. But what I'm saying is this. You have to have enough faith to believe that the basic commandments of God are enough to save me. Yeah. Amen. Let's stand together in Jesus' name. I told you this was going to be short and sweet. Amen. We're going to pray in just a few moments. But, but I, feel, I feel the devil is trying to discourage someone by telling them that nothing spectacular is happening right now in your life. That nothing special, that nothing super anointed. Amen. In fact, some of you may be going through a trial. I don't know. I don't really know. What I'm saying is simply this. The mundane does not occur at the exclusion of the miraculous. Amen. And the miraculous does not occur at the exclusion of the mundane. If God is doing a miracle in your life, get ready to start doing the basic things. And if you are doing the basic things, get ready for a miracle. Amen. Because God is trying to teach us a lesson. And we're going to pray in just a moment. And I want us to find a place to pray. Kneel, stand, come to the altar. But I want us to begin to simply ask the Lord. Amen. To make us stronger, better, 
more disciplined disciples. Amen. To just say, God, I'm just going to knock. I've seen city gates open. I've seen prison doors open. God, I've seen people healed. But you know what, Lord? I've seen, I've seen people filled with the Holy Ghost, baptized in Jesus' name. But I'm just going to keep teaching this Bible study. Amen. Amen. God, I've seen you provide for me miraculously. Amen. God, I've seen you send checks in the mail when I wasn't expecting it. Thank God. But you know what, God? I'm just going to keep on working. I'm going to keep on giving to the house of God. Amen. The basics. Just the basics. Nothing else. The miraculous and the mundane. The marvelous and the money. Praise God. Amen. You'll go back and forth between either one. And guess what? That's what living for God is all about. Amen. It's on the, it's on the high days. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for the miracles. And on the, and on the regular days, thank you, Lord God. All the same to me. Paul said, I have both learned how to abase and how to abound. I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry. Amen. Mastering the art of being content with what you have and wanting more than ever before. Simultaneously. Being okay with the regular and the day-to-day -day and the basics. And also saying, God, I'm ready for the miraculous. Yeah. Amen. Just one more day. All you have to do is tell yourself. You know, years ago, there was a lady. She lived for God for years and years and years. And somebody once said, how did you do it? She was a good old mother in Zion. Head of white hair, been through so much trouble. And she said, You know, I just decided every day that I would live for God. And she said, And one day I looked back and it added up. It all just added up. I'm telling you, if you could just make up your mind to live for God one day at a time, one day you can look back 